Thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word and the presence of your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would come and inhabit this place. More importantly, come and inhabit each heart. I pray that you would quicken our, our ears to hear what you want to say and that you'd quicken our, our hearts to be obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> you may be seated. Oh, you already are. I've grown up around pastors all of my life, and, and I, I wish we weren't having problems with these uh, lights because you could see them a little bit better. My grandfather was actually a pastor, as well as my dad. That's not my grandfather, but uh, that's brother and sister Waddle. And, uh, but there are, there are three generations there. There's the generation uh, of the Waddles who were trained to have their photograph made with a scowl on their face. Uh, there's the uh, generation of the elder Meeks, who've now gone on to be with the Lord, who were trained to smile for the camera. And then there's the generation that was trained to smirk at the camera uh, whenever pictures are being made. But uh, I've grown up around pastors all my life and, and heard them obviously talk about their, their trials and their triumphs and the good things and the bad things. And, and one of the things that I have learned, or I knew really almost instinctively growing up, is that when it comes time to build a church, there is one quality that towers above all others in the kind of people that you need. And that quality is faithfulness. I mean, it's hard enough, <laughs> it's hard enough when you're paying people to, for them to be faithful. When you're working with volunteers, faithfulness is, eh, it's a pretty rare commodity. I mean, you know, it's kind of like titanium or something, you know. <laughs> Platinum, you don't, you don't find a whole lot of it. It's nice to have rich people to help you build a church, but sometimes rich people cause more trouble than the help that they bring. Who, who knew? Who could imagine that? Uh, it's nice to have talented people when you're trying to build a church. People who can teach, people who can play instruments, people who can sing, people who have that natural kind of charisma about them that makes people want to follow them. However, sometimes if you have extremely talented people, they tend to kind of coast on the talent that they have, kind of get to the place where it's sort of like, aren't you fortunate to have me here? Who saw that coming? You know, who, who knew that that could happen? And, and really, in all honesty, that's not just church. It's because talented people very often learn that they can get by with that in life. Right. And so when they, when they come to church, you know, they, they kind of sometimes carry that, that with them. Uh, so many people are distracted. They think so little of, of their commitments. When you find somebody who who says, I will be there at this time, and this is what I will do, and they're there at this time, and this is what they do, <laughs> wow. I mean, you have, you have found something. You're, you're really on to something when you've got that. And, and faithfulness, faithfulness elevates everything about it. I mean, it, it elevates everything. You know, you've heard uh, rising tide raises all boats, and it does. Well, faithfulness takes whatever else it is that you've got and makes it that much more valuable, extremely valuable. If you take a talented person 
And praise God, we've got quite a few in this church. If you take a talented person who's also faithful, whoo! I mean, you, you, you got something you can rock with at that point in time. Now, we're looking for some rich, faithful people. So if you happen to see any of those walking around, looking for a church, <laughs> you can point them in, in, in this direction. But I'll take faithfulness over anything else. Absolutely. Take faithfulness over anything else. This parable that we, that we looked at today, most of you know it not as the parable of the bags of gold, but as the, the, the parable of the talents. Um, the, today's New International Version saw fit to translate it bags of gold to make people kind of understand that, that, it was, that it was money that the master was giving to these, to these servants. But I, I like the irony behind that word talents. Uh, because in the Bible, a talent was a, was a measure of weight. It was around 75 pounds, and it was usually attributed to, it was usually attributed to a precious metal. It was usually attributed to something that, that was valuable, something that, uh, that was important. If you receive a talent of it, you got 75 pounds of it. Wow. But in, in the English language, you know, a talent has completely different meaning for us, doesn't it? It means an ability. It, it means a skill. And I think in terms of the, in terms of the parable, that really, that really fits better. But we're going to put bags of gold up there because it's easier to find images of bags of gold on the, uh, on the Internet than it is to find images of talent. And in fact, when you try to find images of talent, some of them are not images you want to see. So we're putting bags of gold up there. And few things we can learn from this, uh, from this parable. And the first one is, you already knew it. Everything comes from God. Everything. Any talent you have comes from God. Now, we can work to develop our talent, but we can't take credit for it being there. I mean, if any of you can run a, a 4240, if any of you can dunk a basketball, does anybody here can dunk a basketball? I know we don't have anybody can run a 4240. But if you can do, so, you know, we're all klutzes in here. Uh, if, if you, if, but if you were able to do those things, you can't boast. God made you taller and faster than me if you can do those things. You were born that way. That wasn't, that wasn't something that, that you just went, I'm going to. You know, I could do... I could, I could train, I could do everything possible to run a 4240, and the only way I'm going to do that is on a bicycle or on some motorized vehicle. It's not going to happen on my legs because that wasn't given to me initially. If you, if you were given the ability to, to uh, conduct an orchestra, if you were given the ability to carry a tune, if you were given the ability to stay on pitch when you sing, yeah, you can, you can hone that a little bit. You can work on that. But that came from God. It really did. I mean, there are, there are people, uh, and, and let me say this, even if you cannot carry a tune, even if you do, are not able to stay on pitch when you sing, God still loves you, and you can make a joyful noise. Back when, uh, when we were at the Lord's Chapel, back in the late 70s, early 80s, when I was the worship leader there, we had this, this couple, 
And at the time, I thought they were elderly. I'm not so sure now as I, as I look back on it, but at the time, they certainly seemed to be. But we had this, this, this older couple who would come up, and they would sing occasionally. They would sing three or four times a year, uh, some years maybe more often. And when they came up to sing, it, those of us who, who were regular attenders, we knew what to expect. We knew two things were going to happen. <laughs> uh, one of the things that was going to happen is when they actually started to sing, the people who were not regular attenders were not going to be prepared for what they were going to hear because it didn't sound like anybody else's singing. And, and they also kind of shook when they sung as well. And it wasn't, it wasn't like the spirit or anything. It was like infirmity. And so, you know, they had the infirmity thing going on, and they had, the, and they had the, the sound coming out. And that was one of the things that was going to happen. The other thing that was going to happen was God was going to show up. And by the time they'd get to the second verse, the whole place was just going to come unglued. Because people basically would be sitting there going, if they can do that, if, if, if they've got the uh, to get up and do that in front of this many people, God is great. Seriously. I, and, 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 that, and that's no joke. And, and it, it, really, it really moved. It really worked. I, I got off the track here. If you can sing, you can't boast about that. God gave that to you. If you've got the intelligence to win a Nobel Prize in, in science, if you've got the intelligence to make a B, in science you might you might work on that but God God gave that to you he absolutely everything you have everything you have, I'm not talking about your house and your car and your dog and on your money everything you have comes from him there's no, nothing you have that, that didn't that didn't come from him and even if you're not given outstanding athletic prowess or you don't have outstanding intellect or musical ability you still have some things that the Lord gave to you and they may be things that are more important some people just have this innate courage where'd that come from it came from God some people just have this innate ability to to keep going when everybody else quits Where'd that come from? It came from God. It's a gift. It's, it's a talent. It's something that he put inside of you, and it's extremely... How many of you have seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Okay, who would you rather be, Sauron or Sam Gamgee? Yeah, of course, Sam. Sauron gets killed. <laughs> Sam goes home and gets the girl. Yeah. But the only thing he's got going for him is he's faithful. He is faithful. He just simply, he's loyal. He simply will not leave his friend. That's what it boils down to. That comes from the Lord. Another thing we learn from this parable is to whom much is given, much is required. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two, to another one. And ultimately, the guy with five made five. The guy with two made two. The guy with one didn't make any. But uh, if the guy with two had made five, that probably would have been more impressive than the guy with five making two. Anybody 
Everybody can do that math? Here's the thing. Everybody was given something different. Our expectations should never be based on what anybody else does, what anybody else has, where anybody else is about anything. Let me tell you, you, you can always find somebody more talented, more intelligent than you, and you can always find somebody less talented and less intelligent than you. you and you can also always find somebody less faithful than you. And so it does no good to go, I show up more often than they do. Big deal. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what, you don't, <laughs> when, my parents were, when my parents were in that picture that, that I showed you earlier, uh, boy, it would just, if somebody didn't, you know, the church had about 100, 120 people, so they knew everybody in it. And if somebody wasn't there and they didn't know where they were, it was like, they backslid. You know, obviously, they, they, these people are serving the devil now. They, they did not show up today. You know? and, and, then, and then my parents got older and began to, you know, have some difficulties. And, and I, sometimes I go, well, you, you, you coming tonight? Well, I just don't know. I'm kind of not feeling too well tonight. Oh, okay, you don't have any clean socks, huh? You know, so that, that's... Uh, uh, so you don't know what, you can't look at anybody else and gauge your level of anything by them. I, I know I reference it real often, but I love the, the, the passage in, in John 21 where Jesus is telling Peter the death by which he's going to glorify the Lord. And Peter looks at John and goes, well, tell me about him. And Jesus goes, that's none of your business. That's got nothing to do with you. If I want him to live forever, what's that to you? You've got to follow the path that I've laid out for you. And the thing is, he, he has laid out a specific path for you. He knows exactly. He knows you intimately. And he has fashioned and created the abilities that he's given you to match the call that he's given you. Here's the thing. We tend to think of what God is wanting to do in this world as being... In, in this macro sense, yes, he wants to save the world. Yes, he wants all to come to repentance. Yes, you know, he's ultimately going to do a lot of things. And because we tend to think of it in that sense, we tend to think, okay, if I don't do that, somebody's going to because God's purpose is going to be accomplished. Okay, good. At least some of you feel that way. Uh, and we'll admit it, but we, we tend to look at it that way. I don't think that's how it is at all. God's purposes are going to be accomplished, but he, he, has, he created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. That doesn't mean that there's a bunch of good works out there, and you, you, know, you pick one, I'll pick one, you take one, I'll take one. Or we'll, and we, then we'll all do this one together. No, he, I think he has fashioned particular things for Mike to do, and if Mike doesn't do them, they ain't happening. Because Rhonda can't do them. Or maybe Rhonda can do them, but that's none of her business. It's what he created him to do and fashioned him to do. And, and there are the gifts that he has put into your life and the, and the, call, the things that he brings to your attention, 
The things that he, that he lays on your heart are the things that he's given you to do. And, and you can't pass them off to somebody else. Can't say, well, you know, I missed that one, so Joe will take care of it. Joe is not taking care of it. Joe is taking care of what God has created him to do. And if you've got the ability but not the call, I would much rather have the call but not the ability. Because not the ability is no big deal. God can always take care of that. His strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, he, he, he does, he can, he can take little and make much out of it. But if we have the ability and don't have the call, all we can do is make a mess. All we can do is, 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 is blow things apart. We're not able to put them back together again. He can do that. God knows us intimately, and sometimes we're not satisfied with what it is he's given us or how it is he's made us or what it is that he wants us to do. But the Scripture says, who are you, a mere human being, to talk back to God? And so what does form say to the one who formed it? Why would you make me like this? You know, I, I want to be six foot four and, and weigh about what I weigh now. And... <laughs> And I want to be, I want to have excellent eye-hand coordination. And, and I want to have a, a, a four-octave range singing. Why did you make me like this? Yeah. Here's the thing. If you just go, you made me. And this is what you've given me. And this is what you've put before me. And do it. Life gets good. It gets it gets thick in a good way. It becomes sweet. You know, so many people, uh, they, it doesn't take long in this culture to get to a place where life really isn't all that satisfying anymore. But if you'll just do what God has put in your heart and just use what he's given you and be faithful with it, life becomes sweet. Becomes sweet. My parents used to sing a song, Sweeter as the Days Go By. And if I could remember it, I'd sing it for you. But it's a great title, and it was a great song. He isn't looking for you to do something you can't do. Yes, he is. Okay, he's looking for you to do stuff that you can't do, but he's not looking for you to do something you haven't been called to do. And, and yeah, I got it. In, in, in the church, one of the problems is sometimes people get in a situation where they've said yes when they weren't supposed to. And because they're now filling up that gap, or trying to fill up that gap. Did I say filling? Like, I sure did, boy. Okay, yeah, I'm a native. Because they're filling up that gap, and, and because they're standing in that, in that place, the person who's supposed to be standing there can't get there because they won't move. This is my, this is my spot. Bless God, we hadn't grown anything on this plot in the last 40 years, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm glad somebody liked that. But on the other hand, oh, and that's why, and that's why the Holy Spirit is so important in this. Because if, if, we, if we try to cut the Holy Spirit out and go, and I'm jumping ahead of myself here, but I'm going to do it anyway. If we try to cut the Holy Spirit out and go, I got, this, I got this faithfulness thing down. I know how to do faithfulness. 
You know, if we cut the Holy Ghost out and, and, and just try to do it on our own, then that's where we'll find ourselves. And we won't even know it. Because it's not necessarily about what we can see with our eyes. See, if God says to you, go to Bill and witness to him, then I'm thinking, I'm going to go to Bill and witness to him, and that guy's going to get saved. And if he doesn't, then something went wrong. God didn't say, go to Bill, witness to him, and make him get saved. I promise you God didn't tell you that because you can't make anybody get saved. God said go to Bill and witness to him. And that's what faithfulness is. And God knows how to sort all that out. He, he knows. And, and he, did, he didn't reward. I mean, these guys, God rewards faithfulness. I'm just going to keep clicking here. His expectations are reasonable. They are unique. God rewards faithfulness. See, we don't know how long the master was gone, okay? He was just gone a long time. That's what it says. But the implication is that these guys didn't really do anything extraordinary to make this extra money because when the, when the master came back, he didn't go, um, wow, you mean you've made five more? What? <laughs> wow, you are so clever. How did you, how did you do that? No, it was pretty, all, all he said is, you've been faithful. You've been faithful. God isn't looking for us to, to do miracles. He, he does miracles, and they aren't miracles to him. They're just miracles to us because we're easily amused and because we don't know much. God's just looking. God, you know what the miracle is? Find somebody faithful. That's what the miracle is. And the guy who, who, who had five bags and earned five more got exactly the same commendation as the guy who had two bags and got two more. And you know what? If the guy that had one bag had gotten one more, he would have gotten exactly the same commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you faithful over many. And, and, and in, our, in our economy, in our way of thinking, we kind of go... Well, the guy who was faithful over five and ended up with ten, boy, he's going to be faithful. He's going to get a lot of stuff. That may not be the way God looks at it. I mean, God may be going, you know what? I got somebody here who even if they just got one little thing, they're faithful in it. Well, I'll put him in charge of North America. You know, there's just no telling what, how God sorts that out. But we let him sort that out. We let him be the one that, that figures that out. He rewards faithfulness. The unfaithful servant. Let's talk about him for just, just a minute. This servant apparently didn't use his gifts out of fear, but I suspect it would have been just as bad if he had come along and said, you know, you, uh, you gave me one bag of gold and, and, uh, and I made six more <laughs> and I spent them on me. So here's your bag back. Bag, bag back. I said that right, didn't I? Okay, uh, and so, you know, not using it out of fear or using it simply, as James says, to feed our own lustful desires, that, that, that doesn't work very well, that doesn't work very well either, but the reason why, the reason why he messed up so bad is because he didn't know his master. It's all about knowing God. 
He said, I, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. And his master goes, so you, knew, you, you know I'm a hard man, huh? Okay. Well, I'll deal with you based on how you know me. Obviously, he doesn't reap where he hasn't sown because there's nothing to be harvested where he hasn't sown. Everything that exists, he started. It came about from him. And he's not a hard man. And, and I know, I, I think sometimes, you know, sometimes in, in the church, we're kind of guilty of this. We're kind of guilty of presenting this image of God. And, you know, God is angry with sinners. Yes, I, I understand that. But he loves you. This is, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. He, his mercy, is, he, he longs to extend mercy to you. You ever had anybody that you really, really, really loved break your heart and leave? You ever had that? And if you really, really did love them, and they turn around and they show up again, and they go, can I come back? You accept me? Yeah. Of course. I love you. God loves you. That's the kind of man he is. That's the kind of God he is. We, we don't, we need, we need to, yes, there's a fear in reverence, but there's not a fear in scared. Doesn't say be scared of God. We get in trouble when we impose our thoughts on God. When we begin to think that he's like us. If anybody had done to me what I've done to God. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, though, I love these. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. No matter how much you love, you're not even in the same league. You're not even in the same ballpark. No matter, no matter how, how good you think good is, you don't know what good is. Because we, our thoughts aren't high enough to begin to establish what good is our ways aren't our ways aren't high enough they're they're not clever enough why do we need the holy spirit to be faithful let's let's close out with this because it would seem that faithfulness is something we can do ourselves but the bible says it's fruit of the spirit and the bible knows more than i do so it must be a fruit of the spirit Yes, faithfulness is manifested in our lives, but uh, so is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. 
Why do we need the Holy Spirit to do this? Well, first of all, let me, let me put a verse of Scripture up here and see, see if you believe it or not. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, if I were Rodney Boyd, I would, I would make up a Greek word here. Uh, <laughs> To explain what nothing means originally in in the Greek and it would all boil down to the same thing that nothing means in the Latin or nothing means in the German or the French or the English or the Spanish it means nothing do you believe this verse I mean it's easy to give mental assent to that but Wow, <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing. What gift you've been given, what gift have you been given that the world has caused you to bury? You may go, well, not me. Uh, that, well, think about it for a minute. What gift have you been given that the world has caused you to bury? Some people have a gift of joy. Uh, they just some people, when they walk in the room, everybody else is just just feels better because they're there. Uh, do you, have you ever? Do you, am I just making this up? I'm, I, okay, I'm just looking around, and I'm assuming y'all want to go to lunch, so you need to agree with me if, if you're if we're on board, if we're on the same page. Some people have the gift of joy. And maybe you were one of those people. And maybe that joy turned sour a long time ago. And it's no longer there. Maybe you're one of those people who, who just have this, this peace thing inside. I mean, some people are just born with a, with a more calm spirit, I guess, than others. And that's a gift from God. And you, and you come into a situation where there's strife and you come into a situation where you know, people are getting after it. And, but once you get to the situation, the, the temperature just kind of goes down a little bit. Uh, but maybe it's been a long time since that happened. Maybe anxiety has destroyed that in your life. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. You do know that, don't you? I mean, you know it's bad out there. You know, you do know we got an election coming up. You do know there's fear mongers on every corner. And some of them, pastor churches. I believe that I know how the story ends. I believe that Jesus Christ is going to ultimately come and sort things out. And I am, quite frankly, not worried about the end of the world. Right. I, I, in fact, it, you might even say the sooner the better. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about who Antichrist is, but I, I just wish he'd go ahead and get here so we can get rid of him instead of waiting on him. That's, I mean, that's how I feel about it. Seriously. But, you know, maybe you had that gift of peace and maybe it's not, maybe it's been a long time. 
since you've since you've seen that, since, that since, since that's been manifested. Maybe maybe you had the gift of encouragement and now you're so discouraged about encouraging people that you don't do it anymore. Because, you know, you can, do, you can encourage some people and it's like encouraging a mailbox. It just isn't going to take. And so now you don't do it anymore and, that, and that's buried. You can't throw the dirt back off of that. Only the Holy Ghost can. And He can. He absolutely can. And sometimes we're faithful from lesser motives. Sometimes we think we're being faithful when we're really only trying to impress somebody. Sometimes we think we're being faithful when we're really only operating out of a guilty conscience. It's, it's, it is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I really don't want to send you away today determined to be more faithful. I want to send you away today determined to be filled with the Spirit. Because when you, when you are filled with the Spirit, then all of, these, all of these other, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these other things will be added unto you. Grace and glory is most attractive on those who are unaware of the fact that they're wearing it. That's when it's really beautiful. Faithfulness comes to those who are filled with the Spirit, just like the air that they breathe. Everyone can be faithful, regardless of their talent level. And they will earn the reward of the good and faithful servant, but only as it's motivated by, empowered by, envisioned by the Holy Spirit in your life. Would you stand with me? Those who are going to pray with people, come forward this morning. Oh, man, it's... uh, it's so easy to feel like a Christian in church. It's only, it's only with the fullness of the Spirit that it can get past the parking lot. Sometimes it doesn't get that far. If you need something from God, our God heals, our God restores, our God reconciles, our God redeems, our God provides. If you need something from God... These brothers and sisters would like, to, would like to pray with you this morning. If you, don't know, if you don't know Christ, we'd like to introduce you to him, and they can. Or maybe if you're here and you're going, what is he talking about? Filled with the Spirit, what is that? These brothers and sisters would like to pray with you. They can, they can point you in that direction. We're going to worship for a few moments. If you, don't, if you don't need to come for prayer, you worship with us. Otherwise, do come. Say, oh, there's already so many people down there. Uh, There's room for more. There always is. There always is. That's the thing about God. The more he gives, it's not the more he gives, the less he has. The more he gives, the more he gives, the more he's got. If you need something, you come.
God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world as the faithful servant, accomplishing everything that he was sent to do. May that same Spirit that empowered him empower you. May he give you the grace to be faithful, the vision to see your calling, the joy of fulfilling it. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.